Hey there. Happy Masterful Living Year 3. <laughs> I celebrate you. I rejoice that we get to join together. Ah, it's beautiful. So, let us take that breath together. So deeply grateful. So grateful for the healing that we are even now experiencing and calling forth. So grateful to open ourselves to the unprecedented. So grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to welcome our healing, to welcome our expansion. What I absolutely know for each and every one of us is that we are relinquishing all the blocks to love. We're relinquishing every way that we've played small, been petty, resisted, been reluctant. We're releasing the habits that keep us from our happiness. And we're stepping into true joy. The fullness, the expansion, the clarity, the love of God is revealing itself in our heart, in our mind, and in our life. We are grateful and thankful to join together for this holy purpose of remembering our true identity and being truly helpful to each other in a divine dialogue, a holy conversation. So grateful to share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our awakening with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. So grateful. Indeed. Grateful, grateful. So, what my guidance is for us to talk about this week is... For our expansion, obviously, but it's in the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 13, What is the Real Meaning of Sacrifice? And there are mm, – I'm going to begin again. <laughs> what I can feel – in our group is that people are coming up against their stuff and it feels like a lot of people are experiencing this right now and it's uh, long-held things that are coming up for clearing and healing yet again and what I notice in myself what I witness in others is the belief has been held so long, it seems to have so much power that it doesn't even seem like a belief. And so it's these are experiences of lack and limitation that are showing up in our life that we're trying to solve, trying to dissolve. And... 
there can be a real sense of how do I do this? How is this really going to happen? Is it really possible? And yes, it is. It's really possible. We can have miraculous breakthroughs. And very often we come to a place, I certainly did, where there's a sense of, I have to make a sacrifice. I have to make a choice. And we do have to make choices. Absolutely, we do. But there really is no sacrifice. But it can seem like there is. It can seem like, well, I have to give up things that are fun or that are enjoyable. But there's no sacrifice whatsoever required of anything that is worthwhile. And so we begin to really look at our attachments. And as we raise our vibration, as we clarify and purify our mind, our heart, our intentions, our attitudes, then what happens is the habits that we think we enjoy or think we need, the experiences that we think we enjoy, we think we need, begin to fall away of their own accord. So how do we do this? The the main thing we do is we we change the channel and we change our mind. It's both. So we we learn to place our attention elsewhere and to not focus on what we don't want and to focus on what we really would like. So this shifting of focus is very valuable to us. And so looking at the the sacrifice is helpful to us. So you don't need to have your course book. I'm just going to share a few things here. And it says... Although in truth the term sacrifice is altogether meaningless, it does have meaning in the world. Like all things in the world, its meaning is temporary and will ultimately fade into the nothingness from which it came when there is no more use for it. Now, its real meaning is a lesson. Like all lessons, it is an illusion. For in reality, there is nothing to learn. So this is one of the most critical things for us to understand. And, of course, Miracles makes this point a bazillion times. And that is that there's there's nothing for us to learn. So we still use uh, phrases, and, and, and Jesus does it too, about uh, it takes great learning, yet there's nothing for us to learn. But in this manual for teachers, it takes great learning to recognize that everything's working together for your good, and yet there's nothing to learn. So we're remembering our true identity. And if we can hold this in the front of our mind throughout our day and remind ourselves 
of it over and over and over again, I'm remembering that I'm already wise. I'm remembering that I'm very talented. I'm remembering that I'm perfect. I'm remembering my wholeness. I'm remembering I'm beautiful. Keeping this in front of us all the time, that this is what we're placing our attention on, the remembrance. It says, yet this illusion must be replaced by a corrective device. Another illusion that replaces the first, so both can finally disappear. The first illusion, which must be displaced before another thought system can take hold, is that it is a sacrifice to give up the things of this world. So, one of the things that we've talked about is we don't always want to give up the things that we enjoy. And we don't have to give up anything we enjoy. We just don't have to. However, sometimes what happens is we discover that there's no joy in certain things for us anymore. The the pleasures of self-medicating and, and dimming out and avoiding and uh, different things that we used to do that seemed to satisfy us, seem to be things we enjoy, they don't have the same enjoyment anymore. We begin to notice this more and more, that our taste, in a sense, is changing. So, the first illusion is that it's a sacrifice to give up the things of this world. It takes great learning. See, now, he's, here it is. He's saying this again. Both to realize and to accept the fact that the world has nothing to give. What can the sacrifice of nothing mean? The world has nothing to give us. The world has nothing to give us. How could that be? And here I'm going to open up the conversation and take us all interactive. So I'm going to invite you to self-mute as needed. Here we go. All right. So what does this mean? The world has nothing to give. Anybody have an idea about that? What does it mean that the world has nothing to give? means we the world cannot give us something that we not already have we already have everything thank you yes 
beautiful Anne-Marie. That's it. Yes, we're we are endowed with the gifts of the mother father God, infinite spirit, our creator. We're the Christ. What could the world give us? It's a projection of our own mind. The world is a projection of the one mind. Think of it this way. If you were to think of what could your body give you? can't give you anything. Somebody might say your body could give you pleasure, but as Course of Miracles students, we know that the pleasure is in the mind. It's not in the body. It seems like it's in the body, but it's a projection. It's not actually in the body. You can think of people who have uh, phantom feelings in uh, where their limbs used to be. So the world has nothing to give us. What can the sacrifice of nothing mean? The world has nothing to give us, so there's no sacrifice to give up the things of this world. So what does it mean to give up the things of this world? It means to have no attachment to them, to give up the meaning that we've ascribed to them. It doesn't mean that we literally must go without and go live in the woods naked and afraid. We could certainly do that for the experience of it. But we don't need to. It's giving up the attachment to the things of this world that brings the freedom. So, what can the sacrifice of nothing mean? It cannot mean that you have less because of it. There is no sacrifice in the world's terms that does not involve the body. So, sacrifice always involves the body. Think a while about the wor- what the world calls sacrifice. Power, fame, money, physical pleasure... Who is the hero to whom all these things belong? Could they mean anything except to a body? Yet a body cannot evaluate. By seeking after such things, the mind associates itself with the body, obscuring its identity and losing sight of what it really is. So seeking after things such as power, fame, money, physical pleasure. Seeking after those things increases our identification with the body, obscuring our identity and losing sight, uh, 
the body's identity and losing sight of what it really is. Once this confusion has occurred, it becomes impossible for the mind to understand that all the pleasures of the world are nothing. So, do we pursue pleasure? There are many people on this planet who live their life in pursuit of pleasure. Their life is organized around pursuing pleasure. Which just increases their identification with the body. So, did somebody want to say something? So, once that confusion of identification with the body has occurred, it becomes impossible for the mind to understand that all the pleasures of the world are nothing. But what a sacrifice, and it is sacrifice indeed, all this entails. Now has the mind condemned itself to seek without finding, to be forever dissatisfied and discontented, and to know not what it really wants to find. Who can escape this self-condemnation? Only through God's word could this be possible, for self-condemnation is a decision about identity. And no one doubts what he believes he is. He can doubt all things, but never this. God's teachers can have no regret on giving up the pleasures of the world. Is it a sacrifice to give up pain? Does an adult resent the giving up of children's toys? Does one whose vision has excuse me, does one whose vision has already glimpsed the face of Christ look back with longing on a slaughterhouse? No one who has escaped the world and all its ills looks back on it with condemnation. Yet he must rejoice that he is free of all the sacrifice its values would demand of him. To them, he sacrifices all his peace. To them, he sacrifices all his freedom. And to possess them, must he sacrifice his hope of heaven and remembrance of his Father's love. Who in his sane mind chooses nothing as a substitute for everything? What is the real meaning of sacrifice? It is the cost of believing in illusions. It is the price that must be paid for the denial of truth. There is no pleasure of the world that does not demand this, for otherwise the pleasure would be seen as pain, and no one asks for pain if he recognizes it. It is the idea of sacrifice that makes him blind. He does not see what he is asking for. And so he seeks it in a thousand ways and in a thousand places, each time believing it is there and each time disappointed in the end. 
seek but do not find, remains the world's stern decree, and no one who pursues the world's goals can do otherwise. So in our journey of masterful living, we're calling ourselves to recognize this, that there's we don't have to give up anything of value. But we do have to look at where we're sacrificing the gift of heaven in order to experience the pleasures that we have an attachment to. Because for most spiritual students, there there comes many crossroads where we have to make a decision of what's most important to us. And this is where our struggles are, is deciding what's most important to us. And wherever we have pain in our life, there we can see that we're in conflict. So Course in Miracles tells us that all conflict is when we say we want the peace of God, but we're actually choosing other things. That's the basis of all conflict. We say we want the peace of God, the love of God, the joy of God, but we're actively choosing something other than that. So how we move through this is to recognize that what Jesus tells us in the Course is that we should stop trying to make ourselves happy. Because we really do not know what will make ourselves happy. If we did, we would have achieved it a long time ago. If we knew what would make us happy, we would have done it already. We would have gotten there already. So that he says emphatically, just stop trying to make yourself happy. Which can seem kind of crazy. Like, what? Instead of trying to make ourselves happy, we can actually focus on what we like and what we would like. Because a lot of times when we're pursuing the things that we think will make us happy, we're actually in subtle ways affirming that we're not happy without them that we're in lack and limitation. And so we're in the pursuit of the things, the pursuit of happiness, which is oftentimes an affirmation of lack and limitation. And then many times, as you've heard me talk about many times, when we do manage to accomplish the things that we think will make us happy or get the things that we think will make us happy, we discover our happiness is short-lived because really 
the only sense of true happiness in that experience is from not true happiness the only sense of what could be perceived as happiness is actually relief from the wanting, the needing, the craving and the belief in lack and limitation because for one moment we believe that we have at last ah, I have what I want but it's really what the ego wants and it's temporary so it doesn't last So, my sense is that it would be valuable for us to discuss where is it that we're coming up against thoughts of sacrifice and where we feel we're at certain kinds of crossroads. And we're all at different ages and stages of life. But there's similarity in this. So does anybody uh, feel like they're experiencing crossroads where they're having to, they're feeling that they need to make decisions about which way to go in their life? So everyone is unmuted. If anyone would like to share. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't in a way, in a way I don't want to. <laughs> but in but in another way, I know I'm exactly what you're having what you're talking about. Carla. Yes. <laughs> interesting how I can think that I'm letting go of things when I have them. <laughs> oh. And so now I get a great opportunity to let go, to see how important they are, mm-hmm. to rediscover what I, what's rich, truly valuable. It's very much worthwhile, very worthwhile. Do I need to speak about the experience I'm going through? <laughs> I can. You can, but you don't need to. It's not important, but... So it's interesting. The business partner I've been—he's been a great teacher. Is <laughs> still being a great teacher and giving me lots of experiences to to rediscover what I'm choosing in each moment. 
So he he's he's going bankrupt. So it, he, he may go bankrupt. So he's trying not to. He says so, like my income may drastically change, but I don't know if it's going to. But I, I just discover that I am really upset at the thought that it could, when I have no idea what's going to happen. It's so amazing. <laughs> so what is truly valuable to me? Is that truly valuable to me? I'd like a house to stay. <laughs> I'd like a room and a bed to sleep in. I'd like to be able to eat. But do I need a cable and do I need all those other things? No. They just just distract me. <laughs> well, let's back up for a second because why would you consider uh, giving up the things that you don't wish to give up? Do I really, like, pick one, the TV, right, the cable. So I'll pick that one because eating seems much more um, important to me. But, so I'm going to pick that. Does that, is that important? Do I want to give it up? So that's my choice. Do I, do I really want to give it? Do I really not want to give it up? No, part of me doesn't, but only because it's a big distraction. It's well, but but the real issue at hand is: do all things work together for your good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Is this a decision that you need to make today? No. Now, sometimes, obviously, it can be detrimental to procrastinate, you know, like uh, uh, the water is rising and you're, you're... still not thinking about getting a boat. Um, it, it can be um, detrimental not to accept what is. And we are powerful beings. Our thoughts are so powerful. It is so valuable to us to keep our mind focused on what we would like and to break the habit of entertaining what we don't like. Now, in my own experience, one of the fierce habits of my mind is to entertain 
the situation, circumstances, conversational possibilities of things that I don't wish to have happen. So my mind used to just consistently ruminate on having conversations. Hey, Carla, there's a lot of noise on your line. Is everything okay? Hello? And I'll just mute out while you're talking. I, I probably wasn't. I was... Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. So uh, I used to ruminate quite frequently on having conversations with people, upset conversations, rehearsing for scenarios that I didn't wish to have ex an experience of. And I used to spend a lot of time preparing for events, situations, circumstances that I didn't wish to have happen. And so I, and I still find myself going there occasionally. And uh, there was something, I don't know, today or yesterday like that, where I just interrupt the thought and I say, Jennifer, there's no need to make a plan for what you don't wish to have. It's it's not on your radar. Take it off the radar. If you don't wish to experience it, don't think about it. Which is not avoidance of what is. It's not rehearsing for what I don't wish to experience. When we keep our mind focused on gratitude, what we would like, what we appreciate, then we're naturally drawing to us more of the same, experiencing more of the same. If we ruminate on what we don't like and don't want, we're going to manifest accordingly because our thoughts are so powerful. And there's so many examples from my life. And I, you, you all may uh, know the one I, I've shared in class about my father and mother bought this um, long-term care insurance. And my father always used to say, every time he brought it up, he'd say, and we hope it's a bad investment. Then when my mother was so ill and we needed the caregivers, so we uh, tapped into the long-term care insurance that they had been paying into for, I don't know, 30 years or whatever it was. And uh, the company had no workers to send us here out on the island. So it turned out that it was a bad investment, you could say. You could have that opinion or judgment. And I, I, it was very challenging for me to see my father struggling with that, having paid into it for decades, and there were no workers available. So there was nothing that could be done. 
the company didn't have to do a refund, and there was no benefit to the policy. So my mother, we needed the benefits. They weren't available. But every single time my father ever spoke of it, he said, it, we hope it's a bad investment. Just one very clear way that our thoughts become our reality. So we focus on what we'd like. We work with the deep desire of the heart. We shift our vibration out of lack and limitation, worry, doubt, fear. And it's that repetitive, repetitive pattern. Carla, would you like to share anything more? Nah. Maybe if something comes up, I'll speak up. So, honestly, I, I would recommend to you, Carla, that you limit your thinking and conversation about what you fear could happen and change the channel. Everything works together for my good. This I know. I can depend upon it. All good things are happening for me. And really energize what you would like. And so if you'd like to live in your house and you'd like to eat food and you'd like to watch cable television, energize. These are the things I'd like. I'd like to keep doing them. This is the desire of my heart. I think that's true. I, I, I thank you for that, saying that. But I think I need. I just really need to reevaluate what is really important. I thought it was important, but it's not really important. But I was I was treating it like it's important, and so I'm like, I get a chance, an opportunity to look at it and go, what did I see so important about that? Mm-hmm. You know. How was that helpful to me? Is it really supporting me in the direction I want to go that I'm interested in? That I've been so focused on? That's all. Mhm. Yeah. Anybody else seeing themselves at a crossroad? Feel themselves, uh, sometimes we can feel like we're being squeezed to make decisions about which way to go. That the old ways are no longer comfortable. 
and we haven't quite found the new ways yet. Julie, were you saying something? You're very muffled. Can't make out what you're saying. Uh, I think you just said, is this better? It's not really. Cannot understand you. Okay, is this better? Oh, that's perfect. Okay. My headset sometimes doesn't work very well. Yeah. Um, yes, I am in kind of... Um, I guess it's been a probably a three or four year period, probably since <laughs> I've been in masterful living, of um, some pretty drastic continuous change. And for a long time, it felt, um, you know, immediately I prayed for um, my biggest prayer, my biggest desire to the heart, were to change all my relationships in life. Um, to holy ones mm-hmm. because of so much conflict and um, uh, pain, you know, in in my own mind of of how I saw the world, and so a lot a lot of that was just my relationship to the world to become a holy one. And it seems that things have been falling away, and I re I read and reread you know, the section on trust and, you know, and about that situation where you see things that seems at first maybe painful and um, for things to fall away. And it's just, and it's not really just the fact of of losing something that's important to me. Mm -hmm. What I've really lost is the importance of anything. Mm. It's like, um, I don't know if you remember when our last one-on-one and I just sort of discussed with you, just sort of the, the apathy of the kind of runs through my life where I've always had enjoyments and even simple things like mowing the lawn and looking like, you know, looking at it and feeling a job well done. Just simple things, simple pleasures uh-huh. like that with life just went away. And it was like there was nothing <laughs> that that I could feel that happiness or a satisfaction or a completeness. And it's really it's bizarre. And like I said, so many things have happened. I've um, retired, and you know, so I've lost I lost a lot of identity and all of that. And that was a lot more traumatic to me than I thought was going to be. And um, it just seems that all these things in the world, you know, it so, certainly has taught me that there's nothing out there that makes can make me happy because nothing does. Right. And then, but it seems like kind of a hard lesson, you know, or a hard, um, a hard way that I chose, my that I've chosen to do this, <laughs> to go this route. And the, you know, I guess the thing that is was upsetting or 
it's not so much anymore. I'm just gradually accepting because I quit kind of fighting it and just accepting it. But it really seems that there's nothing that's replaced it. Nothing in, you know, in my mind that's giving me happiness that I feel happiness from. So it's just starting to now feel like there's changes coming. And those changes started in interesting, like, small miracles of, oh, this is going to sound funny, but it's interesting because I really recognize them as pretty outstanding of finding things when I thought I lost them and asking where they were. And always, and then really having faith that I would find them, that I'd be told where they were. And it's gotten to the point where it's like my head will just turn towards the place that the thing is without me even knowing uh-huh. knowing where it's going to go. It's really interesting, you know, and it definitely feels kind of otherworldly or kind of very miraculous. So it gave me faith that I wasn't abandoned because it felt, it felt abandoned. And, of course, that's a large, a large part of my issue. I think and, and that I need to work through in life is abandonment. Like I think that's a big one for tons of people. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's still um, the feeling of losing. Like, uh, what is life for? <laughs> right? Why am I here? What What's really? What is this for? And really not understanding that and and really constantly asking that question. And um, so, uh, like I said, there's something happening now that feels like it's turning. And I think because I have kind of hit the bottom Mm -hmm. without anything, you know, no major tragedy in my life, which is kind of interesting and no big thing but just complete loss of interest in life I guess so anyway that's yeah you know let's I'd like to ask can anybody relate to what Julie's talking about you can just speak up or raise your hand Can you relate to a sense of no longer finding joy in the things that used to bring you joy? Yes. Yeah, I I certainly can. And I definitely went through a phase where I felt disinterested in the world that it didn't it didn't offer me happiness or joy or pleasure anymore. Not not really. Nothing nothing could satisfy. And I hadn't yet found the fulfillment that comes from that spiritual connection 
So I, I have my own experience different from yours, but I can relate to it very much. And so in that experience, Julie, what is it you find yourself choosing? Because we make so many choices every day. What is it that you're actively choosing? Well, as far as what? As far as choosing to invest yourself in. Yes, to invest yourself in what you're doing, what you're thinking about, what you're focused on. Well, I think what I mainly have been working with now is um, trying to work in the invisible with and moving you know my mind away from the fear of loss and the sacrifice i mean it certainly it certainly felt like a sacrifice it's like oh my god i prayed for this you know here it is and then the guilt and the, that i deserved it of course because there's god in as the punisher you know and so i've worked through a lot of those and i'm finally getting to a place um, you know, and, and we're doing the, um, I've done pretty, pretty, um, honestly, the, um, lessons this year started in, on July, on January 1st and, um, really gotten into them and really been kind of devoting myself to them. Mm. And that training is really helping me, that mind training, because it's helping me catch and stop the negative thoughts and really believing that um, this is my for my good and you know um, and what's also been helping me is I've got the audio version of the um, was it pathway to rose pathway uh huh to roses pathway and roses. that's really yeah that's really very inspiring and very um, it's like a pep talk yes, about how is. powerful we are, you know. And so I listen to that. I, I walk a lot. I do a lot of hiking with my dogs and usually listen to something, you know, lessons. I listen to our community calls. I listen to um, audio books and, and try to stay, like, hooked up that way. And then, you know, when I'm listening I, you know, to those inspirational things, it doesn't, um, it doesn't allow my monkey mind to take off on anything else. Because I've, one thing I've learned over the last two years of going through this process is that's what's keeping me in it. And, um, it's really (laughs) feels like a lot of work. And, you know, there's the whole victim side where I just want, to get um, God to pity me enough to help me out, you know. <laughs> so I've been through that. And it's it's really interesting because all the things that have come up for healing in, in the process of trying to find my way. But I guess the fact that I haven't given up and that I continue to work very hard at looking or trying means I'm I have a lot of willingness <laughs> to continue so mm. anyway it's just uh it's just been kind of a hard 
place for a while to find hope in sometimes. You know, you hear stories and you read things and and it's like, when's my turn? You know, <laughs> so as far as, you know, worrying about sacrifice, um, I don't know. It's It sure felt like it and it sure has felt that I've sacrificed something, but um, there's a knowing part that understands that I just know that that's not the truth, that I have not sacrificed really anything that matters. It just, on the person level, it doesn't feel that way all the time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Do you work with a deep desire of the heart at all? Yes. Um Yes, I have been. Yeah, because I tell you, I just, my my experience is that energizing what we would like is so powerful, especially the more we clear the judgments and opinions, the more our mind is clear, then whatever we place in it, we're going to experience more of, attract more of, Yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of interesting when I first sat down to do that because it's like, what do I like? You know, when you don't really like anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, to, it's like, I would like to like something. <laughs> you know, I would like to have a feeling of, of passion about something again. Or a, Yeah. Know. So, it's kind of, so yeah. yes, I have been working with that. And um, originally it was around finances and, um, and some fears I had around that, and and it was really really helpful. In fact, um, very helpful and kind of miraculous. So, can you talk about the miraculous aspect? Well, the first thing was, you know, I, I retired and you know had a have some a retirement plan, and uh-huh. but I'm really not old enough to delve into it right um, completely so the plan was to just take a year and find what I want and so finding what I want was a really problem in this place too so um that's actually well then there was the next one so that was another deep desire was to find out what I wanted and but the first one around finances was kind of interesting because um not having money coming in and not visually seeing a bank account, you know, money going in and out, just out. <laughs> For me, after all these years, I had a lot of fear around that, you know, and how can it, you know, how am I going to make it? So I started to turn that over and I just did a deep desire of the heart about um, giving my fear the Holy Spirit and working with that and that I would like to not have fear around money anymore. I didn't care what it looked like or how it happened. So, there we go. So, um, I had a, um, in 2014, apparently my uh, 
employer didn't take any taxes out for the whole year. And and miraculously, I didn't notice. I don't know how those things happened. It was like one year out of 25 years that I've worked for them. That mm. it didn't happen. Anyway, and so the whole thing felt sort of weird, like strange. I don't know. Hard to explain, but like, how can this be, right? Mm-hmm. And so it ends up I owed a lot of money, like $30,000. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that brought up a huge amount of fear. <laughs> and yeah. like, and then like a holy shit, right? I've just been praying to lose my fear around money and now I'm terrorized. It felt like I was being terrorized by God, you know? I mean, those are my honest feelings. Yeah. But I kept it up and it's like, because it felt so strange, um, so like miraculous in a negative way, you know, I mean, like an impossible thing happened, but it did. Um, I just tried to keep faith that this was all part of it. And by having that, it just, um, I don't know. I have just been losing my fear. It's interesting. And and then out of the blue, I've just had a job offer that I just sent a resume off from 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 someplace that I would never have guessed would have come from. And so um, there's that possibility. And another possibility is um, I was actually driving home from the gym the other day, and it came to me just clearly, almost like a voice, exactly what I should do. And that, you know, the, the message was, we're going to do this together. And it was... Um, very clear what I've I've set up to do, which is going to cost a lot of money to get you know certified in this in this particular program. But um, I don't know. It's like because I just completely gave it up because I had nothing else, nowhere else to go with it. Does that yes. make sense? Yes. This this is a, a version of the crossroads. That, that we get to, uh, some of us do it where it's like the bridges are burned or it feels like somebody came along and burned the bridges for us or uh, we're up against the wall and we have to make a choice. We don't see uh, the, the alternatives. There's only one way to go. And that's up and in love and joy and to choose happiness. Uh, So these crossroads come in different ways. So what I'm hearing is, when did this happen, Julie? That you got this insight? Well, uh, the oh, probably in the last two months, couple months, it's been working. And and in the last, actually, like few, oh, the insight about what I was to do was probably a month ago. 
three, four mm-hmm. weeks ago. And that, because it was so clear and it felt so supported, yes. and it feels like finally I have, like, enthusiasm around it, uh-huh. which is the first time I've had enthusiasm for a long And it, like, like I said, it just came out of nowhere. It was completely unexpected. Um, that little bit of faith, it's like, oh, I got a toehold in the cliff, yep. you know, when I thought I was completely falling off. And now, look, there's another step to take. And, oh, look, there's a handhold. And so it's like um, now I see a ledge that I'm going to be able to get on and sit on and rest. You know what I mean? It's it, That's the way it feels that um, now because I'm open to it, it's like a snowball effect, right, of because I'm I'm – my faith is growing because I've had these miracles. More miracles are happening because my faith is growing. <laughs> right? That's right. And it's That's like right. this little circle of, uh, you know, and I'm so incredibly grateful. It's like coming out of a desert, you know. Yes. Um, the gratitude for just feeling a little joy or that feeling that emotion again of that having that pleasure of uh, enthusiasm is so incredible because I haven't had it for so long. It's just yeah. amazing. So this this world, we, li- we learn best through contrast. So you created this experience of contrast, the desert, listlessness, you know, no no joy to now when you get the spark it's so recognizable to you so this is how you're learning to recognize that spark of divinity and insight and wisdom and clarity and to be grateful for it the more grateful you are for the feelings of joy the feelings of happiness the sparks of inspiration, the more they will come. Yes, I believe that 100%. And again, when you know, now that I have these the toeholds that I can start to uh, crawl out of here, <laughs> hopefully, uh, it's, it feels pretty miraculous. It feels pretty wonderful. See, and it feels so, to so, me that if you hadn't retired, if you hadn't cleared the decks of all the distractions, you wouldn't be able to have this experience. Yeah, very possibly. Or the stress would have killed me. (laughs) Then I wouldn't have had him anyway. (laughs) Right. Yes, but it's true. And, you know, just sort of having to sit with this and trying to keep, you know, keeping myself busy sort of things, right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us. Sure. Anybody else like to share?
I will. This is Linda. Um, I just wanted to um, congratulate Julie um, because I had that same experience a couple years ago. And um, while I kind of feel like I'm walking a little bit in a desert at the moment (laughs) with um, the path I was shown that I'm to be taking, um, I still have that faith, have that trust that I'm heading in the right direction. It's just going slower than I thought it would be. Mhm. Well, you know, one of the things for those of us who are moving in the realm of becoming a spiritual teacher, counselor is we have to give up the notion that we're not worthy. And that somehow we have to have much more accomplishment in order to be able to make a living at it, be successful with it. And we also get these ideas of what it should look like, how fast we're going to progress, and in truth, everything is perfectly being orchestrated and laid out. And the the things that really increase the flow are the gratitude for what's happening, and our willingness. So for me, for a long time, I did many workshops and classes with small numbers of people, very small numbers of people. I'm sure you've heard me tell about driving two hours to do uh, and spending half a day to do a workshop for one person. Yeah. You know, and it, it was, uh, I did it on a love offering basis. They gave me $20. You know, it was like barely gas money. But I knew that it had been a life changing day for that that person. And for the, the, the minister in the church who uh, I was visiting and doing the workshop, they sat in on the workshop. And I know they really got something out of it, too. So I I had the presence of mind to recognize that those years I was in training. Mm-hmm. And I was. And I was comfortable training with small groups of people. I wasn't that comfortable. I wouldn't have been that comfortable training with hundreds or thousands of people because I didn't have the confidence. Mm 
Mm-hmm. My personality had confidence, but I, I still was judging myself, which impaired my ability, which also limited the flow. Yeah, and I, I'm working with that now. Yep, and I was very much focused on lack and limitation in terms of thinking like, uh, I wish more people were coming. Uh, I, I don't know how to get more people to come. I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't have anyone to help me. So I was very focused in those kinds of thoughts. While simultaneously teaching expansion, prosperity, flow. And here I am with all these uh, negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. But that's how I learned. Yeah, and I think that's a a big part of it, that I'm healing um, thoughts that I have to have you know, certain degrees or um, uh-huh. certifications or whatever to do what I am supposed to do. And um, and also learning more to embrace all of the parts of me and, and be grateful for them because I know they're teaching me something. Right. That's right. And I, I'm patient, and I know that it's coming. <laughs> it's yes. just that when I when I when I got the vision, I had expectations that things would move a little quicker. But I'm I've completely, well, maybe not completely. I for the most part released that expectation. Now I'm just kind of going with the flow. I know that it's coming. It will come when it's supposed to come. I know that it's coming. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing as I'm guided to do it, and I know that it's coming. Indeed, it is. Mm-hmm. And if you had uh, a lot more going on, what would that have been like dealing with your family things? Exactly. Exactly. Just one more, <laughs> one more um, reason that I know that things are happening exactly as they should. Mhm. It's like when um, I, I remember I had I was so clear that the work that I was doing was not my work to do anymore and I needed to move on from that employment. I was working as an independent contractor and I had built up a nice residual income from it and I but I knew it wasn't mine to do anymore and I needed to pass it on and step into the fullness of my ministry. I just didn't know mm-hmm. how to do it. So I prayed, and this one Sunday, I prayed, I just prayed a mamma jamma prayer. And 
I felt a shift, and then first thing Monday morning, I got an email from the company saying your services are no longer needed. And I expected, I would have expected to have been shocked by that because, mm-hmm. you know, I was very dependent on that income, and they were now saying it's no more. And and I'd worked really hard to build up that income, and now it was gone in a flash. And I, but I didn't feel shock. I felt peace. And I thought, this is very interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then I had to really discipline my mind not to go into fear and worry and doubt about money. It required great discipline of me because I... I I didn't have a lot of resources at the time and it was um uh a complete change for me and so I right in that time within a very short period um I my mom went into hospice care and so then I was free to completely devote myself to my parents for five months and I was so grateful that I could that I didn't have to worry about work and my parents helped me out a little bit to just pay my rent and uh, keep my apartment in LA and so I, I muddled through I accumulated more debt and stuff but Eventually, I paid that off, and I there's I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I was that I could be with my parents in their time of greatest need, mm-hmm. and that that was my desire. And I had so much personal miraculous healing because I was working the Course in Miracles teachings just rigorously all day to keep myself in peace and joy and harmony and to heal all the kinds of stuff that was being triggered and um, in a very short order I had amazing peace and joy and a complete healing of all my relationships that I'd had my whole life with my mother so who would have thought that getting fired in a sense or losing my job being downsized or whatever we want to call it and um, my mother's terminal cancer uh, these things would have been the best things that could have ever happened to me but they were Mm -hmm. for my personal growth and and then it, it it took another couple of years for me to really begin to crack the code of being a, a successful teacher and and uh but everything i learned in the time of uh challenge i now teach from and mm-hmm. so it's not only been my benefit, it's a benefit I share with others. And so, but like you, Linda, 
I really had no doubt that I would be a successful spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. I had no clue how to make it happen. Right. <laughs> and I kept trying to find the clues and 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 the I think one of the the greatest learnings that I had was I finally realized ah if I be lifted up I draw all unto me. Mhm. That's the marketing principle for me. That's the only one I need. That if I do my work, if I heal my mind, people will come and find me. They mm-hmm. will they will be interested. I will have something to share. And it worked. Yeah. Yeah, and I find that when I do talk to my clients, and I tell them my experiences that they do understand that what they're going through is also for their benefit, even though it doesn't feel like it in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Not easy. No, but that's okay. Yeah. In the Manual for Teachers, going back to the sacrifice, it says, paragraph 7, do not forget that sacrifice is total. There are no half sacrifices. You cannot give up heaven partially. You cannot be a little bit in hell. The word of God has no exceptions. It is this that makes it holy and beyond the world. It is its holiness that points to God. It is its holiness that makes you safe. It is denied if you attack any brother for anything. For it is here the split with God occurs. A split that is impossible. A split that cannot happen. Yet a split in which you will surely believe. Because you have set up a situation that is impossible. And in this situation, the impossible can seem to happen. It seems to happen at the sacrifice of truth. Teacher of God, do not forget the meaning of sacrifice and remember what each decision you make must mean in terms of cost. Decide for God and everything is given you at no cost at all. Decide against God and you choose nothing at the expense of the awareness of everything. What would you teach? Remember only what you would learn, for it is here that your concern should be. Atonement is for you. Your learning claims it, and your learning gives it. The world contains it not. 
but learn this course and it is yours. God holds out his word to you, for he has need of teachers. What other way is there to save his son? Beautiful. Decide for God and everything is given you at no cost at all. Decide against God and you choose nothing at the expense of the awareness of everything. And deciding for God is just choosing love. Non-judgment. All right. Very rich. I appreciate everybody's deep sharing. How are you feeling, Carla? Maybe she's making cookies. No, I'm just laying down, and so I'm just. I think I want to take a bath and meditate and all this stuff. So that's very helpful. Mm, yeah. But I know. I know I'm not alone in in this path in my growth and everything. We're all together, really. Mhm. Yeah. All right, well, let's take that breath together, and then I'm going to play a song after the prayer. And, uh, oh, I I, uh, I thought we might get to, to this to, to today. Um, in the year one class, I gave the invitation to consider if you knew that you were eternal, and you lived as if you were eternal, what difference would it make in how you live your life, in the choices that you make, the way you live your life? If you knew you were eternal, would you do anything different? And I invite you to share in the Facebook group and share with your prayer partners. So we take this breath of love and gratitude, so grateful, so thankful to relinquish living in hell and to choose living in heaven. We're grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to call forth the ancestors, the company of heaven, to support us in walking this beauty road, this heavenly road. We're choosing heaven today. We're grateful and thankful that we don't have to sacrifice anything of value in order to choose heaven. We're grateful and thankful that everything is for us and nothing is against us. We're grateful and thankful to claim our inheritance, which is our divinity grateful and thankful to share the benefits with all because we're one with them. In deep gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.
Yeah. And the song, I love this song. It's a beautiful song called Beautiful Day by Jamie Grace. Enjoy. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. a whole day since I stopped so you could hold me with this child away strong in the face Lord you are the refuge that I can't wait to get to cause I can't let it Your love shines on.